Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined once again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Uh, this morning we're going to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Ephesians chapter 2. I just want to look at verse 10 to start with, where it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, I... Uh, Yesterday was June 14th, which is Flag Day, but it's also the birthday of my daughter, Addie, uh, Adelaide Hope Nauman. She was born in 2021, so she's one year old yesterday, uh, which is hard to believe. She's probably the smallest one-year-old you'll ever see in your life because she was born four months uh, premature. Uh, but what a blessing it was to be able to see her uh, celebrate her first birthday, and she had a uh, she ate a cupcake and you know did a, did the baby things with like that and. Um, she had a really good time and it was fun to see the kids dancing all around her. And, you know, when you have an anniversary or something like that, you know, my thoughts went immediately back to the year before that, when I baptized her on her birthday and she was, uh, she weighed one pound, seven ounces. She fit in the size of my hand, you know, her head was the size of a walnut, you know, and, and it just, it, it blew me away. Uh, thinking about those things again and then thinking about where she is today. And I bring all this up because of you know, the word that in our, our text we're looking at today, we are his workmanship. You know, the word I've used a lot to describe Addie uh, in the past years, I've talked to many of you about this, is, is the word miracle. Uh, and she she is a miracle and a much more obvious one than, than most of us probably. But really, every life is a miracle, if you think about it. Every time that God uh, brings together a man and a woman and creates that human life, it's again is a miracle. You know, something we talked about in uh, our Advent series last year, The Miracle of Life, and we talked about the three different kinds of life. There's physical life that God gives to us, there's spiritual life God gives to us, and there's eternal life that God will give to us in heaven forever. Um, but that a physical life is, is really such a blessing, and to be able to see it in a way that uh, that normally you don't get to, uh, as I got to last year. Normal, normally, you don't see a baby at 24 weeks and 25 weeks and 26 weeks out of the womb. Um, normally, that baby is just hidden uh, in, in the mother's womb and you don't get to see it all happen but I got to watch as this little baby developed from you know a one and a half pounder all the way to now she's weighing it at almost 16 pounds which which is incredible so uh workmanship you know and, and that word in the in the Greek there is it's uh uh an idea that, that includes kind of masterpiece so a masterpiece is is uh the piece that an apprentice makes to show that they're now moving from being an apprentice of a craft to a master. So if you're an apprentice painter, your masterpiece is like the, the piece that says, no, I'm not an apprentice anymore, now I'm a master. Um, or think of uh, like a, gold, a goldsmith or a silversmith. <clears throat> they make different uh, pieces, rings, jewelry, and when they're finally uh, ready to move from being an apprentice to a master, you create that masterpiece. And, you know, God is perfect, and everything he did was a masterpiece. But the fact that he says this here, that we are his masterpiece his creation you know the last thing god created was after he had made everything else the sun the moon the stars uh the seas the dry land the plants the animals god made uh man and that from from man he made e uh woman um and that they are his masterpiece the greatest part of his creation and that's a very humbling 
thing when you think about it, but I think also in terms of of spiritually, we need to understand it, and this is what mature faith does, understand that by nature, I am not a masterpiece. By nature, I'm really a, a monster, <laughs> you know, when you think about it. By nature, this, the sin that is in our hearts and the things that we are capable as sinful human beings, uh, really, we, we are uh, capable of monstrous, awful things. And what being a Christian means is that God has now come into your heart and worked in your heart so that you put aside those monstrous things, those uh, the sin and the temptations and the things that the lusts of your flesh would like to do. And now you're saying, I'm going to now live uh, for Christ. And that's exactly what it talks about. We are his workmanship, not only in body, but also now in soul. God has enabled Christians to make, a, God has enabled Christians and empowered Christians to make the choice to say, I'm no longer going to walk in the dark, sinful ways of this world that my flesh wants to. I'm not going to become ensnared by the sinfulness of this world. Rather, I'm going to choose to walk in good works that God has prepared beforehand. That's what God has set aside for me. So now I'm not enslaved by sin, enslaved by the devil, enslaved by uh, my my own sinful flesh. Now I am free from that. And that's, that's such a beautiful thing, isn't it? That uh, as God's masterpiece, uh, through the working of the Spirit in our hearts, we can we can rise above the filth and ilk of this sinful world, and now trust in and and work in the works that God has prepared for us to do. And this is all capable because of what He says in verses eight and nine, which, of course, are very familiar verses that you learned in confirmation class. It says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is a gift of God, lest anyone not of works, lest anyone should boast." And so that's you know. This idea of I'm going to now walk in these good works, there's still no boasting in that. You, know, you can't say, well, look how good I am. I've chosen to do this or look how good I am. I'm, I'm rising above the sinfulness of this world. That's completely the work of God, too. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. He's completely created us body and soul. He's given us that physical life. He's given us that spiritual life. And now any good that we do, any good works that we are able to accomplish are completely to his glory and not to ours at all because God prepared those works for us. He empowered us to do those works by creating that faith in our hearts. He gives us the bodies that are able to accomplish those things. Uh, uh, however we do them, you know, it's completely all that God has done. And you can see how God now moves. He moves us from monsters to masterpieces, you know, and then it's this beautiful picture of, of now we are, uh, we are empowered and able to go out into the world and be the lights of the world, to be the salt of the earth that God has called us to be. And you know, these verses are they're popular, and, and, and there's a reason for it. It's because they're very rich and heavy in, in that gospel message and in that uh, uh, purpose of how we are to now live. So I've been babbling for about six minutes, according to my uh, what I see on the thing here. So, Pastor, any thoughts about, about these verses? I think you summarized it really well. I like that you were focusing on the we are as workmanship. It reminds me of... A couple weeks ago, we were talking about Isaiah 44. You know, we are as witnesses, and ultimately, like you were bringing up with Addie, she is a, a a living witness of God's wonderful power and saving grace. And what's awesome about that too is that I think Ephesians 2 really talks about just like Addie would later on in her life say, "Well, I did all that on my own. That'd be that'd be silly. Uh, she did none of that on her own. And really, it was the Lord working through." everyone that was surrounding her and through his miraculous hand and same thing's true for our faith you know we can't sit here and say oh i did all the faith things on my own that's why we can't boast but ultimately since he's created us he's created that faith in us it really just gives a such a broad picture of god's grace in our life i think that 
you as your Advent series is a good reminder of that. You know, the Lord created us, the Lord created our faith, the Lord has given us eternal life. Really, all the credit, all the praise goes to Him. Our faith is just believing it. It's just thank you for that gift, God. It's not our doing if it's His. Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us that grace, that undeserved love through your life, death, and resurrection. Uh, Holy Spirit, thank you for pouring that grace into our hearts through the word and sacrament. Bless us now as we go about this world as your workmanship, as your masterpieces. Help us to reflect your love and to, to share this love with as many people as we have opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, a couple updates, reminders for your schedules. Uh, once again, we're on summer worship schedule, so no Bible class or Sunday school through the summer. Uh, just our regular church services at 6 p.m. on Saturday evening, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Uh, tonight, our online Bible class continues we're chugging through the book of Mark. Um, Get pretty close to being done. Yeah, yeah. so uh, hope you can uh, join us for that and uh, look for the email later this afternoon. Pastor Radical will send out for that. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, our Adopt a Highway uh, uh, cleaning will take place. Uh, again, we have a uh, section on Monks Avenue from uh, the corner of Quick Trip and Jake's Stadium Pizza there going two miles south down to uh, 90. Um, so our plan is to meet at uh, the, it's called the Free Lot 23 right next to the Maverick All Sports Dome. Um, so it's a free parking lot. Uh, please just park in there. We'll plan to meet up at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. That's June 18th. And we'll... Uh, uh, We'll uh, go from there. So hope you can join us for that. Uh, many hands will make light work, and hopefully shouldn't uh, shouldn't take too long. So I think wear manual blue. Yeah, yeah. Wear your manual blue. I think we got, we have to wear vests and stuff too. But probably gloves. Yeah, uh, gloves would be a good idea too. So um, we still got a whole bunch of yard signs in the front of the church. Uh, grab one of those. Tell people about our school. Tell people about VBS. Um, uh, we're hoping to get even more of those out as we go here. So, you know, invite invitations to Christmas or invitations to Easter. You know, uh, yard signs are an, an easy way to, to reach out to a lot of people who drive by your house. And uh, we have a lot available. So please, please grab one of those. Um, this past weekend, we had Delegates Conference over in Eagle Lake. That was uh, well attended. I think we had between 40 and 50 uh, individuals uh, from around the Minnesota Conference who attended that Delegates Conference. The main purpose was simply to prepare for uh, convention, so that's what we we did by taking a look at the prospectus and uh, asking questions to individuals on the synodical boards at a synodical level, and and seeing what uh, what uh, uh, we we're in store for a convention here, and that's kind of been our our uh, preparation uh, in this podcast too. And so a little bit later on, we'll get into a number of different things um, regarding convention upcoming here. So um, on our prayer list this week, uh, we continue to pray for Carrie Dale. Uh, that'd be Hillary Lee's sister, who's again dealing with that terminal lung and brain cancer. Uh, so we keep Carrie in our prayers. Uh, we pray on behalf of uh, Ann Cook, uh, Ann Cock. Ann is the wife of Professor Paul Cock, uh, who was a prof longtime professor in Eau Claire uh, at Emmanuel. She passed away uh, a couple days ago. Uh, so we keep her family in our prayers. We also keep the family of Pastor Rick Grams. Uh, Rick Grams was a member up at Fridley. Uh, he was a pastor, CLC pastor for quite some time, including over in Eagle Lake. Funeral service for his funeral service was held on Tuesday, I believe. Is that right? Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. So uh, I think you can go to the Fridley website, Grace Fridley website, and, and find that uh, that funeral if you'd like to check out that uh, funeral service online. 
Um, we also keep Omar in our prayers. Omar Omanson took a fall last week and has been dealing with dizziness and vertigo. So we keep uh, Omar in our prayers. Uh, prayerfully, he can return to us uh, soon. We also pray on behalf of Tim and Jolene Williams. Last Saturday, they celebrated their 45th wedding anniversary. So we praise God for that and pray that the Lord would uh, would uh, continue to bless them in all their years remaining. Uh, we also pray on behalf of Sharon Rubel. Uh, Sharon was hospitalized last week over in Wasika. She got moved to Oaklawn now as she's doing some rehabilitation uh, there at Oaklawn. And uh, we pray the Lord would, would uh, bless her time there. And one more, uh, Willa Hannell is having knee replacement surgery next Friday, I believe. Okay. Either this Friday or next Friday, but it's coming up soon. So replacement? Uh, knee surgery. Knee, knee surgery. Did I say replacement? Okay. Could be. Could knee, be. Knee surgery. Some sort of a knee surgery. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Well, that brings us to our convention preparation portion of the podcast. Um, <clears throat> so if you remember, we're kind of splitting it up into three weeks uh, this this year. So last week we talked about the building project. Um, and this week we we're going to talk about kind of just all the other odds and ends. And the next week we'll talk about the da- doctrine aspect. So Pastor Radical is the vice chairman of the Board of Doctrine Committee at convention. Uh, so he's been preparing for that. And uh, hopefully by next week we'll be able to get a, a pretty good uh, uh, understanding of what's exactly going to take place at convention um, or what decisions will have to be made at convention regarding Board of Doctrine and again those uh, what's happening now with now that we've declined to sign the joint statement what uh, what steps and what did we learn from this whole experience so um, that's kind of mostly what that's going to be next week but again uh, that's next week so uh, a couple uh, things we'd like to just highlight right off the bat first of all um, there's a, a there was a catechism survey done with the CLC pastors um, so the Sido catechism came out I believe in 2000 is that right something that, like, something like that yeah something like that um, but uh, that was this when the Sido catechism put together by Professor Mike Sido um, but uh, uh, so the survey was sent out, and maybe Pastor was on that that uh, survey team. Do uh, you want to kind of talk about what happened there and what your conclusions were? Sure. Yeah, there was a lot of feedback from CLC pastors and so forth, and a lot of the things they wanted to see as far as updates go, um, maybe some clarification of some of the terminology. And so that report was given back to President Mike Eichstead, and I believe he will be appointing a catechism committee here soon around this time of convention so I would envision that catechism takes some time to, to do but we can look for forward to a, a new CLC catechism hopefully in the next year or two maybe oh that'd be exciting yeah that would be good and I'd look for I hope we can uh, hope we can have input on that as, as pastors that would be that'd be exciting um, one other thing that came to our attention at the delegates conferences last week, and it's kind of mentioned in the perspectives as well, is that the CLC general fund is quite far behind. Uh, I believe if I got the number right, uh, it's almost $182,000 behind. So uh, whereas we, we were a little behind our budget here at Emanuel this year as well, um, the CLC at large, which runs, um, their budget runs from July to June. So the end of their fiscal year is June. Um, they are quite behind this year too. So please keep that in your thoughts prayers and offerings as well. Uh, one of the big, uh, bigger issues that came out of convention last year in 2021, I wasn't there because Addie was born. I watched it online, which is rather dry. It's kind of dry in person sometimes, but watching online is even harder because you miss lots of things. Yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, but one of the things that came out of that was this idea of mission subsidized schools, which is the idea that there are, if we have four congregations 
in our synod that are subsidized by the synod at large. That is, that our mission offerings go into the CLC uh, budget, general fund, and some of the money from that now goes to these different congregations to help them to uh, 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 pay their pastor and to support their their church and their ministry there. Now, interestingly, a couple of these uh, churches that are being subsidized by the synod at large have very large uh, uh, very large populations of young people, so student age uh, uh, children, and they are considering the idea of opening up a school. So the question is now, are we willing to subsidize as a synod, are we willing to help these these churches that we are already paying money to pay for the pastor, are we willing to pay them even more money so that they can open a school as well? And that's really the, uh, that was really kind of the question and the, that was brought forward to the convention last year. And for some reason, this was put on the Board of Missions, uh, which kind of makes sense because the Board of Missions is the oversight committee for these these uh, these churches that that uh, have uh, uh, these that are subsidized by the CLC. Um, so they looked into it, and basically, I think what we've what they came back and reported was they don't think this is a good idea. Um, so the, the 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 argument, I guess, against the uh, the synod subsidizing these schools is, well, this these churches can't they're not self-supporting right now anyway, and so now for us to say, well, we're going to support you even more in this venture for a school is that really fair to all the other churches out there that are all putting money into into this uh, uh, synodical budget and then taking some of that money? So think about you know the church that said, well, we would like a school too, um, and they're they're paying their own pastor. Um, but they, they don't necessarily have enough to now open a school. Well, now this other church, just because they're already being subsidized by the CLC, and now they're going to get more money, and so they're really what's happening is some money's coming from all the churches and now going to uh, this one school. That's kind of the argument against it. The argument for it is, well, uh, schools are an amazing mission opportunity. You know, it, it, and if you have a lot of young people already, well, let's take advantage of this and let's uh, try to try to... Uh, open up a school and open up the evangelism doors and uh, see how the Lord would work through this. So you can see arguments on both sides, and uh, uh, they they both kind of uh, make sense. Both arguments do, so it's a tough decision. But I think what the Board of Missions ultimately said was, we don't think it's a good idea to uh, to open up these schools where at these churches where they're just not not even able to support uh, their pastor by themselves at this time. Does that summarize it pretty well? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so one of the things the Board of Missions uh, proposed then, or at least some members from the Board of Missions proposed, is let's establish a Board of Education. Um, so we already have a Board of Education and Publication, uh, which is actually, my dad is the chairman of that, that board, and he has been for quite some time. Um, so what the Board of Missions proposed is let's, let's split that up. So right now a lot of what that board does is the publications of the CLC, so think of the spokesman. Think of the Daily Rest devotionals. Think of the Journal of Theology. Um, they manage a whole bunch of the websites of the CLC as well and make sure that they stay up to date and, and look good. Um, so that's a, a lot of work that they do in the publication side of things. And there's a few things they do on the education side of things, but mostly it's managing um, it's managing a couple vacation Bible school programs. It's managing um, uh, some Sundays, the Sunday School of God's Hand in Our Lives Sunday School program. Um, so... There's just not a ton they do education-wise, and so the Board of Missions proposes expanding that Board of Education idea out into its own entity. So now there'd be a Board of Education and a Board of Publications, and the Board of Education then could get more hands-on 
and have things like how to open a school or, or ideas about uh, uh, reaching out to different parochial schools and supporting them and, and, and potentially even, you know, online school or, or uh, supplementary religion classes taught by a CLC teacher uh, who could work online and work with homeschool kids all over the nation and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of potential there, especially I think like post-COVID, you know, we've seen how much education can take place online now. You know, that's not always the best or the most ideal, but it's the world we live in today. And uh, uh, Kind of like attending the, what, uh, the convention via live Yeah, scene. yeah, kind of yeah. like attending convention live stream. Not the best, not as good as in person, but, you know, still, there's a lot of churches out there that can't afford to open up a school. Right. And if we could offer, at, you know, if we as a synod could offer, hey, we're going to have a one synod teacher who's going to teach religion um, to any students in the CLC who want it, well, that would be a wonderful blessing, wouldn't it, if we could if we could do something like that. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, we'll see what the convention wants to do as far as that Board of Education. Um, Board of Regents, in their report, the one couple things I wanted to highlight, number one is the, the college in Eau Claire is growing, um, which we've seen it shrink quite a bit over the years. And I remember back when my parents were in high school it was, or in college, it was like every class was 10, 15, 20 kids. Now it's, uh, it's uh, considerably smaller than that, but... Uh, this last year, we had 17 students enrolled in college, and now this coming year, uh, there's 21 projected students enrolled in the in the college, including uh, one thing we've been concerned about as a synod is uh, our pastor and teachers, uh, whether or not we have enough of them. Uh, next year, we will have 13 students in the teaching program. So uh, talk about God answering our prayers as far as that goes. So uh, we talked about opening up schools, and you know, my encouragement is, you know, the best time to open up a school is last year, <laughs> you know, and then if there's churches out there, let's pray that God blesses them and enables them to open up schools so that these young people can be trained up in the nurture and admission of the Lord and that these teachers, these upcoming teachers have places where they can, can work and can teach God's young ones about, uh, about their Lord and Savior. So uh, next year, we're projected to have four uh, collegians in the seminary program, and there's two, uh, two seminarians next year as well, one uh, senior and then one middler. So uh, pray the Lord continue to bless those young men as they prepare for the ministry too. One other big thing on the region's report I saw was there's a, a large hailstorm last year in, in uh, not Mankato, in Eau Claire, that uh, we got insurance claims on almost $300,000, I believe, replacing roofs there in Prothero. So um, the Lord blessed us through that storm and put new roofs on many of the on many of the Prothero houses. And, uh, and on the AC. And on yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And on the AC too. So that was a, actually, that, that was a gift. Yeah, that I could the the original roofing job on the academic center wasn't was done wrong, or there's something that was not working great, and then to get that hail damage, got it replaced, and now it's working great. So I'm actually getting a new roof too. Fun fact. Yeah, coming up. I think end of June, hopefully, nice. uh, up at my house. So um, one other thing we learned at delegates conferences last weekend is uh, so we mentioned last week this building project that's been proposed, which is to uh, build the new gym uh, on the basically where the softball field is, and then to de demolition and uh, rebuild uh, a fine arts center where the current gym is. Um, that plan, the but the the estimated cost of that in the prospectus was 9.9 .9 million, and then uh, at the delegates conference, the uh, one of the people on the planning committee. Uh, was there and he said they just got new numbers uh, to update the proposal before convention 
And he did. He wasn't allowed to tell us what it was yet, but he said it was astronomically higher. <laughs> so I don't know what that means because 9.9 is pretty astronomically high, in my opinion. Um, and now it's even higher than that. So I, I, yeah, we'll we'll see what the convention wants to do. But boy, it's just such a hard time to uh, be trying to do any sort of a building project right now with inflation and uh, uh, and uh, labor costs and everything right now. It's just it's wild. So we'll see what we do. But uh, yeah. Unless it's kind of exciting to hear what the number is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. I think that's everything I really wanted to cover on convention uh, this this year. So that's kind of the overview. Once again, next week we'll be doing. So next week, Wednesday, we'll, we'll release this last podcast. Uh, Pastor Radical and I'll discuss the doctrine port part of the prospectus, um, and then next Thursday, convention starts. So uh, please keep all of us, all of your delegates. Again, uh, the delegates uh, representing Emmanuel are Mister. Uh, Daniel Pfeiffer, Mr. Jay Hannell, uh, and then all of our male teachers will be attending as well. So that's Mr. Heinze, Mr. Brandon Heinze, Mr. Matthew Kranz, Mr. Kevin Schrader, Mr. Ben Hannell, uh, Mr. Michael Wheaton, and Mr. Lane Fisher. And then, of course, Pastor Radical and myself will be there as well. Um, so there's 10 of us from this congregation attending uh, attending convention. So please pray for all of us and that the Lord would bless our work there and bless the work of our synod at large next next week. So... And I'm really hoping that I get to be there because last year I was planning on going and the Lord said, no, you're not going. So, But I, I, I really hope to be there this year, <laughs> God willing. All right, uh, that brings us to our hymn of the day today. Uh, the hymn I picked out is hymn 374, uh, which is called Grace Tis a Charming Sound. Fits in well with, of course, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, which talks about how we're saved by grace alone. Grace tis a charming sound, harmonious to the ear. Heaven with the echo shall resound and all the earth shall hear. Grace first contrived the way to save rebellious man, and all the steps that grace display which drew the wondrous plan. Grace first inscribed my name in God's eternal book. T'was grace that gave me to the Lamb, who all my t- sorrows took. Grace led my wandering feet to tread the heavenly road, and new supplies each hour I meet while pressing on to God. Grace taught my soul to pray and made mine eyes o'erflow. T'was grace that kept me to this day and will not let me go. Grace all the work shall crown through everlasting days. It lays in heaven the topmost stone and well deserves the praise. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.